This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio is a platform that helps growth focused e commerce brands drive more sales with super targeted, highly relevant email, Facebook, and Instagram marketing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance, and my guest today is Michael J. Mayer. He is known as North America's most referred real estate professional, but he's doing a lot of other things these days. He's also the author of 7L, The Seven Levels of Communication Go from Relationships to Referrals. So, Michael, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Uh, Fantastic. I'm an avid listener of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, and I've been an avid follower of yours for many, many years, from the referral flood days, no doubt. Early er, <laughs> early on, and you had me on your podcast, and we got to reminisce about uh, some of those days as well. So I appreciate that. That's right. So this nobody needs to hear why referrals are so awesome <laughs> anymore, yeah. but let's tell them anyway. Why is going for referrals, running a referral-based business, uh, such a great way to build a business? Well, you, there's no sales involved. You know, the, 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 I think the biggest difficulty in business today is the, is the sales process. You know, the sales process is chase, chase, chase. And, you know, when you're chased, you have two options. You either flee or fight, you know, and, and that's what a lot of salespeople are getting is, is they're getting the people that want to fight them uh, or they, they find the people just continue to flee and they're told to follow up and nurture or whatever you want to call it. And they, they keep, they keep fleeing and, and they're working on their, their scripts and dialogues and everything else until they can finally corner uh, that person. And they finally corner them. The person doesn't have an out. So they kind of go, OK, I guess I'll buy it or I guess I'll work with you. And then the entire time that the, the product happens or the service happens, that that customer is trying to get out. And the fact of the matter is, is they have a way out because you know, the, the, the salesperson is probably overpromised the entire chasing process. And, and the only way to deliver after you over overpromise is to under deliver, which leads to a frustrated client, which also leads to no more referrals, which leads to you having to chase even more. And that's the sale, you know, we call that the cycle of discontent uh, or the current chase cycle that a lot of salespeople are on. But on the other hand, if, if there's a downward cycle or, or this kind of uh, negative cycle, if you will, there's this positive cycle, and that's the referral cycle. The referral cycle is, you know, you get a referral, you tell them the truth. And, and, and I'm even, you know, the nice thing is you don't have to sell or convince or anything. You literally do almost the opposite of sales. You tell them the worst case scenario or the, the nuclear case scenario of what it might be during the process or during their use of the product. And then when they use the product or use your service, they're wowed simply if the product works or simply if your service was satisfactory. You can just do your job and elicit a wow. And guess what? When you have under-promised, anything you do is over-delivery. They are wowed. Well, what do wowed clients do? They refer you more, some more. So you have people to tell the truth to, and then that leads to wild service, which leads to more referrals, and that is the referral cycle. So the referral cycle is shorter. It's far easier. It's far more friendly. It's, it's uh, more efficient, and uh, you can tell people the truth. So the, I think the biggest power of the referral cycle is that you are in your integrity, you never feel like you're you're out of your integrity. You feel like, you know what, I don't have to go to work and be someone different. 
I can be who I am, a person of love, generosity, and appreciation all the time. And that's the beauty of the referral business versus the, the chase or the, or the sales business. Well, so you spend a lot of time, of course, showing people you know, how to do this, the, the sort of physical part of it or the tactical part of it. But I'll tell you the pushback I get a lot is that people are like, hey, you just do good work. And if you do good work, people will talk about you. I'm sure in the real estate business, that, that's very, very true. So-and-so did a great job for me, so I talk about them. I mean, is it that simple or are there things that we need to be doing much more proactively than that? It has to be more proactive. You know, you and I both know that, I mean, satisfactory service is is truly the expectation. And the only reason people are going to talk about you is is to go above their expectation. So you can do that several, you know, two ways, essentially. You can you can lower their expectations and then and then uh, and then produce at your normal level or you can uh, over uh, overperform. You can you can do some kind of wow during during that transaction, during that process, or with the product. You know, uh, you know Tom shoes is an example, right? You don't you don't just get a pair of shoes. You get a pair of shoes, and you get a certificate that shows that a pair of shoes have been donated to people who didn't have shoes. And uh, there, you know, all these above and beyond examples for us in the real estate world. It was uh, we would set their reset their expectations. So we would tell them the nuclear case or worst case scenario. And then when we do, did the transaction, many times it would not match up to the worst case scenario. So they were happy. But then we took it to the next level because, you know, you talk about the core talkability differentiation point. I, I totally butchered that actual, you know, title. But but what I call talkabouts. You have to have a talk about. And so what are they going to talk about? And in our case, we do a housewarming party for every buyer who buys a home through us. So so 45 to 60, sometimes even 90 days after they get into the home, we celebrate with their neighbors, their friends and family, the, the people that they work with. And uh, we have a housewarming party. Well, the housewarming party became a talk about. They would talk about it. They'd spread the word on social media. They would go, oh my gosh, my realtor threw a house ring party. I've never heard of, you know, and all the people commenting were, I've never heard of a real estate agent doing a doing a house ring party. So you have to have talk abouts. You've got to give them these things to talk about. The the whole, here, here's another, it, I'm just giving, I'm just going to give you like things that I hear all the time and let you yeah. riff on yeah. them. You know, a, a great a lot of people know that, you know, I mean, you can read countless blog posts that talk about you got to give and give before you get and just be a person of value and deliver value. And that's great. I'm 100% behind that. But um, what if I don't have anything to give right now? I mean, I need business. Well, there are, you know, uh, here's the thing. Uh, I do believe that you need to receive. I believe that generosity and appreciation are two sides of the same coin. I believe that we need to be a generous giver, but we also need to be an appreciative receiver. So, so one, I mean, people that come to me normally are generous givers. They're pretty good about being generous givers. Where they typically aren't great is at being appreciative receivers. They're, they're like an opportunity could literally hit them in the face and they would like have their hand up or be blind to the opportunity. So we, we need to be in this state of generous giving and also being ready to be an appreciative receiver. I, I truly believe there's, you know, it's a 
two sides of the same coin, like inhaling, exhaling, or, you know, uh, uh, flexing and, and relaxing, if you will. So it, it's one of those where um, the big thing on giving is you have seven gifts of generosity no matter what. So only one of those is, is money. Um, you know, and, and there's seven T's, I, I guess if people are taking notes on this real quickly, is the seven gifts of generosity all start with the letter T. And, and one of them is thought. And, and the thing is, thought doesn't cost you anything. And it's probably one of the most underutilized powers and gifts that we use. And that is, you can think about someone, you, you know, the power of prayer is, is well documented. But, but even we need to th- think about people. But we need to also take take action on their behalf. That's the power of a handwritten note is the power of a handwritten note is not the paper or the ink or whatever it may be. It's the fact that somebody thought about you when you weren't with them and they took the time to take the action. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this handwritten note is so wonderful. It's the thought that counts. And I will tell you that thought is a gift of generosity, that it is a value that you own and that you give to others. So you know, thought plus action is is a really big one. Another thing is the second part of this is talk. And talk is you can speak about others, you can champion others, you can you can refer others, you can you can talk um, to your friends about them, you can talk about them on a podcast, you can, you know, and talk is something that doesn't cost you a dime and yet could really uh, perform in big ways for you and for the person. I have a saying, it's easy to champion a champion. And what that means is that when you, let's say you're at a networking uh, uh, group or you're at a a meeting with a bunch of people and you champion, uh, you know, the landscaper and you're like, Jeremy's the best landscaper in the world. Jeremy Jeremy does great. Jeremy's fantastic. You got to go to Jeremy for your landscaping needs. Well, there's something amazing that happens with within that organization or within that group. And yeah, they're like really impressed with Jeremy, but they're also really impressed with you. And if you look at, okay, the the group starts to disengage and and go different directions, the line for Jeremy is going to be two or three people deep, especially those that need landscaping. But the line to you, for people who want to meet you, will be nine or 10 people deep. Well, why is that? Well, the reason is because they're thinking, either subconsciously or consciously, that if I get into relationship with Michael, Michael is likely to champion me in my business. And how do I know that? Because I just saw him do that with Jeremy. So you are more attractive by championing others. And we call it, you know, it's easy to champion a champion. People will champion you and they will want to meet you the more you champion other people. So guess what? Talk is cheap, but in this case, talk is valuable as well. And then the third one is is talent. We have a talent that some people are their de facto IT person for their family or for whoever it may be. And you have a talent with whatever it may be, video games or or turning on the computer or Google or research or you know, the, it, our, our main talent that we get paid for is just one of the many talents we have. So we have this ability to share with other people this talent and, uh, you know, help them, whatever it may be, right? Books or writing or journaling or meditating or whatever it may be. We have all these talents uh, that we can uh, help other people with. And some of those talents, like selling real estate or negotiating, we can, we can get paid for. So, 
Then the middle one is treasure, and this is money. Uh, this is where, you know what, you can give the gift of generosity of money. You can donate to a cause. You can pay for somebody's product. You can pay for somebody's service. And I will tell you, in, in where I'm at in life right now, I do use the money gift of generosity more than I used to before. Why is that? Well, I didn't have money before. So I, I, I couldn't use that. I couldn't use that gift whatsoever because my money was quite uh, scarce and sparse. So now the, the last three, I believe, are really where the rubber meets the road. And this is where the most value within the, the seven gifts of generosity is, is truly exchanged. And, and that's all a relationship is. A relationship is just a value exchange. That's all it is. If you're if you're no longer getting value or they are no longer getting value, they are going to get out of the relationship. So so the seven gifts of generosity need to be tip of tongue and top of mind at all times because this is this is what it's all about. This is being in relationship. So the last three are team, and team is your network of people. You have a team of people who can help people. So we have an example within the generosity generation where somebody wanted to sell a 1920-something, uh, a 1936 Mercedes. And it's like, 1936 Mercedes? Like, I didn't even know Mercedes was around in 1930. But anyway, so he it was a very unique, but he couldn't sell it. Couldn't sell it. on. A, so we actually went through our market and said, hey, listen, is there anybody out there that knows somebody that might be interested in this old Mercedes. Well, guess what? We were able to help find a buyer for that car. They got together and it didn't cost me a dime, but there's people who still talk about helping that person get that 1936 and having the person sell that 1936 Rolls Royce. So, I mean, but the thing is, it's not just a car or whatever it may be. You, When you are meeting with someone, you have almost an infinite level of capacity to help the person across from you. It isn't your capacity to help, but it is your team's capacity to help, especially with social media. You could easily put on social media, hey, listen, I've got somebody with a 1936 Mercedes who needs to sell. Who do you know that might be interested? So we can help people in a very big way with our team. And also the new ABC, the old ABC used to be always be closing and, and boy, isn't it fun when somebody tries to close you. But in today's world, it's always be connecting, always be connecting. And that's the power of the team is when you connect to others, you all three win. So the two people that connect win, but you also win from connecting those two people. So team is a very valuable one. And, you know, that's your super connectors and your, your influential people. They tend to be phenomenal at using this gift of generosity of team. I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers. And this allows you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. There's powerful segmentation, email autoresponders that are ready to go, great reporting. You want to learn a, bit, a little bit about the secret to building customer relationships? They've got a really fun series called Clavio's Beyond Black Friday. It's a docu-series, a lot of fun, quick lessons. Just head on over to clavio.com beyond BF, beyond Black Friday. And then and you've got the last two, teach, 
is the next one. And, and I have to tell you, this is one of my favorite ones because I read a lot. I accumulate a lot of knowledge and I've accumulated a lot of wisdom, mostly through mistakes, errors and failures. Uh, but I've accumulated it. And so I can pass on and help others. And that's what I hope people get from my podcast and this podcast is I hope you take one thing from this podcast and you share it with another person. You teach them. And the power of teaching is that when one person teaches another, two people are learning. They're learning new information, but you're learning how to communicate that information. And what's funny is as soon as you communicate that information, it's amazing how much more accountable you become to it, but you also become a better student by by being a teacher because everything you learn, you start to think about how would I share this? How would I teach this? Well, you internalize it and and you, uh, you become a more powerful learner by being a teacher as well. And then the last one, you know, some people might have guessed what's the last gift of generosity. You might have guessed it already, but the, the seventh T is time. And it's, it's, it's time. Time is a, and sometimes it just means sitting next to someone or being with someone. And uh, I will tell you that time is something that I used early on in my career to build great relationships. I just listened and I was just there and it was very valuable. But it is one of those things that later on in life, I have to tell you that I do trade treasure for time a lot more now than, than I used to. And but that's the beauty of having seven gifts of generosity is you can use all seven of those in different ways however necessary, and how it best helps uh, the, the recipient. So those are the seven T's of generosity, and, and you have a lot to give that doesn't include money, and uh, I truly encourage you to get out and do it. Yeah, and I, as you pointed out, I think those evolve in terms of how you use them and when you use them. I'm going to give you another objection that that I hear a lot of times is, what if my business is one that people won't necessarily talk about? They love me. But they don't want to talk about the therapy that they're going through, you know, for yeah. for that drinking problem or something, you know. That uh, what if I'm in one of those kind of businesses? Um, and I get that, you know, I, I get that question quite often. You've probably heard it before too. Yeah. So so you're not going to go direct to the consumer, you know. You're you're going to. I mean, here the fact of the matter is, is someone knows someone, you know. So so it's like who is the someone? Who knows the someone you get to? You're right. I'm not going to sit around at a at a party and and talk about the counseling I've been getting on drinking or whatever it may be. But who would I tell? And that would be a doctor or a counselor or a psychologist or a uh, a pastor or a priest. And all of a sudden, you know, and it and actually those businesses can build bigger, stronger networks because the people are going to them. And you're not necessarily the problem is too many people go direct to a consumer and they're trying to get clients. And and what we should be doing is we should be going to people and trying to get referral sources. We need to quit looking at people as potential clients and we need to start looking at people as potential lifelong referral sources. And I will tell you that when you build these ambassador, what we call ambassador level relationships, all of a sudden you're a better friend. You're a better relationship. You're a better partner because you have this thought, wow, this is lifelong. This is this is more than just a client where I'm going to take their money and exchange it for a product or a service. And um, that's the thing that the, the power of this is 
you know, you build those. I have a, a gal in, in Memphis, Tennessee. She uh, uh, tends to work with divorce couples. Well, there's another secret that people don't disclose, but she has about 25 divorce attorneys that refer her over 100 transactions a year. And she takes care of them very discreetly. She is very unemotional um, as part of her nature. And she also uh, networks with judges who also know diverse divorce attorneys. So her network is much smaller, but far more impactful because uh, she has a smaller group of people to, to build that network with. Yeah, I often tell people, a lot of people think immediately about their customers that can refer them. And, you know, a great customer might know four or five people that can refer to you, but that uh, law firm or, you know, other strategic partner, a lot of times they might know, they might have 500 people <laughs> that they right. could refer That's to. Right. So I, I love that idea of, of working kind of a strategic network. But, you know, I think one of the real keys is that a lot of times people try to go out and find those, you know, who can send me business kind of resources. And I've always felt like yes. if you build a network of, of kind of best of class providers who can maybe help your customers mm -hmm. in other ways. I always feel like that's such a better way to think about building a strategic partner network. That's right. Uh, that's like uh, Rita in Memphis is, you know, when somebody she's known as kind of that divorce house queen, you know, she's, she takes care of the house when you're having a divorce. Well, her network knows that. So people discreetly go to her. Well, they don't have a divorce attorney. So what does she do? She reverse, she reverse refers that right back to her divorce attorneys. And it's a great relationship. The value exchange is, is you know, almost equal in that, in that regard. So the other thing, too, that I have to throw in here is the concept of events. I, I, I help, you know, I help business owners grow and uh, develop event-based businesses built on a foundation of love, generosity, and appreciation. That's what I do. That's how, how powerful events are to, I believe that events are the ultimate talk about. So if that person is uh, maybe in, uh, so your events would not be for consumers necessarily. Your events could be for divorce attorneys or, uh, you know, whatever it may be, doctors, counselors, psychologists, uh, and that kind of thing. And, and the event isn't going to be you talking about real estate. The event is going to be something that's current for their uh, for their field. You know, the, the changes in laws of divorce or the changes in laws of whatever it may be. So, you know, having events for that type of it. And so you can give them value from the sense of uh, of an event and something that's educational, entertaining and charitable. And uh, I, I just have to throw that out because an event becomes very talk aboutable. It's a talk about. In fact, I think an event is the ultimate talk about. Yeah, and I think, you know, you can be very liberal with what event means. I mean, I, I for <laughs> years would preach that, you know, take your six best customers to lunch together uh, so that they actually get to That's meet each other. That's an event. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be this grand ballroom kind of thing. No, no events. I mean, well, in, in fact, the grand ballroom may be counterproductive to your objectives, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, we 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 think you know one is one to one. You know, seven L is written from a very heavy one to one relationship type of. The subtitles go from relationships to referrals, so it's it's very one to one oriented. Whereas you know the next book I need to write is 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 a very one to many approach. And uh, I, I unfortunately in seven L we just I just ran out of room to really dive deep into the one to many of my business. Uh, but that is kind of one of my regrets about 7L is that 
um, is that I didn't talk. I do have the house ring party in there and I do talk about it and that kind of thing, but I didn't go into the big picture around events and, um, you know, there you go. Need another book, I guess. Uh, speaking with Michael Mayer, he's the author of seven levels of communication, go from relationships to referrals. So Michael, where can people find out? Obviously your book's available anywhere, but uh, where can they find out more about you and uh, maybe dive into some of your training? So Referco, R-E-F-E-R-C-O.com. So check us out at Referco.com. You know, they can get the book at thebookonreferrals.com. No offense to Referral Engine. If they haven't read that yet, what the heck are they doing, right? So go get Referral Engine. Uh, and the uh, duct tape marketing and, and then uh, and then get uh, 7L. But, uh, you know, that's that's the great thing about this is is the influence you've had on me. You know, I've kind of built this within the real estate industry and, and the lender arm and and uh, kind of branched out from there. And, and you know, I, I know that we talked about it on referrals podcast, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you here and live on the impact you made on me. We're from the same place. Most people don't know that Shawnee, Kansas area. And uh, I went to a seminar you did. Uh, I won't say how many years ago, just because it's going to age me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I remember buying uh, one of your very first products that, that you were so early on that and way before people were doing, you know, info sales and things like that. And uh, I bought a little book called Referral Flood. And that was just, uh, it was very handy. I referred to it often as, a, as I developed my referral business and, um, you know, took it from there. And thank you for being a part of that, of that growth. Well, I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, ideas are just, you know, that, I mean, taking action on them, which is what you did, um, and built a tremendous, uh, tremendous business. So, you know, kudos to you for doing that. So thanks, Michael. It was great uh, catching up with you and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon out there on the road. Thanks, John. Always having a conver- always great to have a conversation with you, and and thank you for doing this podcast. You're you're adding a ton of value to the world, and and I'm I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you. <laughs>